When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Jamie Dimon thinks we have another 20% to the downside. That's certainly weighing on the market. That would take us a lot lower. Maybe he's looking at that candle in the S&P cash where uh, back in November of 20, we went from 3,200 to 3,600. Sometimes you go up quickly through an area, you come down quickly too. Let's talk about the chip wreck continues. Got some good news out of American Airlines and Amgen. So it's not going to be all bad news today. Mitch, let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Morning, everybody. Uh, happy Tuesday here. Uh, S&P's down 14 and a half handles. We're off the low of the session. Uh, that was uh, 35.84 and a quarter. The low a week ago Monday was 71.75. So we're trying to get away from that. Kind of feels like, you know, the same old trick. They rallied into the open and then they slammed the stocks. The buck's getting weaker. That's good. Down 21 cents at 112.86. TLT trying to get back at triple digits up 79 cents, 100.21. Oil taking a breather from that big move down a buck 42 at 89.72. Gold just modestly higher. Silver a little bit in the red. Bitcoin flat. Ethereum futures are flat too. So let's bring in Triple D. We got them for a limited time this yeah. morning. Yeah, I got a busy morning, so I'm only going to be here till about 8, 15, 8, 20. So I'll probably go on a rant. What's up? Oh, nothing, man. More nothing bad so. chip news. I mean, the the week get weaker maybe should have been the uh, the theme of the show. Well, look at this Bank of England, you know, headline on CNBC. Not that we watch CNBC, but we do. Bank of England aims to avoid fire sale market dynamic. I mean, I'm more of a Bloomberg guy, but. <laughs> well, you get good news from every. We got to get news from everywhere. Benzing is the best place to get your news, but you got to get it everywhere. So anyways, I just like it was looking up there and I just saw that there. But let's, uh, you know, just take perspective of everything and where we are right now. I mean, obviously, we're in a sell the rip market. 
there's overhead supply, which we warned about and we ran into significantly over the last couple of days. Uh, you're seeing, you know, the China markets making new multi-year lows. Oh, I mean, yeah. FXI breaking down, whether it's lockdown measures, whether it's regulation, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because they're just breaking down to new lows. I mean, we're below the 2016 pricings here on FXI. Uh, it's ugly. So, I mean, you got world markets not looking good. You've obviously got U.S. markets that are teetering on breaking down and breaking the June lows. We're right there teetering here at the Titanic ship. You know, it's been bobbing up and down, but it feels like is it this time that's going down. I don't know when we have the answer to any of that yet because we're just getting too much data points this week. I mean, it's all going to be about CPI on Thursday. So CPI comes in light. This market could turn around on a dime. CPI comes in just like at expectations or worse. Katie bar the door. They're going to hammer this market for another month. So it's all about, again, I know we are like a broken record every month when we get close to the CPI data, but it's really all that's going to matter. CPI's Thursday. We want to see a seven handle, right? I mean, something like that. What's the expectations, Mitch? Do you have that? 8.1. 8.1. Yeah, you see a 7.9. I think the market's going to have a significant rally. I think it needs lower than that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they just want to see it lighter. Like 7.9 look, I think would be good enough. From August, we were at 8.3. So we're going down 0.2. Um, and so before that, remember, it was 8.7. And so um, it looks like – I feel like the estimates aren't going down fast enough. And so what does that show me more and more? They got continued rates to keep hiking – um, I, I still see at least one hike rake in 2023. And I think that's where you got to start looking out. I, I really think that they 75 basis points is kind of a given in November. I feel like um, um, it, CPI would have to come in like at 7.0. I think. Yeah, no, I think the 75 basis points happen. I think it's going to be about expectations going forward after that. So Obviously, that's all that's going to matter, though. And then, you know, right as soon as we get the CPI data, then we get into earnings season. We're going to hear from all the banks, J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley, PNC, USB, all on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then next week, you're going to start to get into some, you know, more, you know, obviously, some bigger companies there as well. So, I mean, we are getting into the start of earnings season. We're going to get CPI data. We're going to get a lot of information. But right now, the market is selling ahead of all of this news. So, obviously, the AMD... You know, didn't help. Stocks been going straight down since they warned. Um, I mean, this is serious. Like, you look at seventy dollars and it's fifty-seven dollars oh, yep. this morning. I mean, you're talking about thirteen points off. You're talking about a twenty percent fall here, really, in AMD. They hammered that stock, and they've hammered Nvidia right along with it. So, Nvidia making new lows on the move. And what do we say when stocks are making new lows? You got to go. You don't want to hold stocks making new lows. So, I mean, FXI. So I don't want to hold anything in China making new lows. I don't want to hold any of these chips. They're all making new lows. The chips I don't are down. Hold. Yeah. Yep. There's so many stocks that are either teetering or making new lows. Like Meta, it looks like it's ready to fall off. It's getting a downgrade here today. So it doesn't look great either. We need something good. We need something positive to turn this around. That CPI data doesn't show inflation slowing. It's going to be really, really ugly. If that CPI data can turn around and give us some hope, give us a glimmer of hope, at least give us a seven handle. Man. Yeah, you know what that sounds like? A whole bunch of hoping. Oh, <laughs> opium. Right. A whole bunch of opium. So um, when's the last time Jamie Dimon made a big market call? Was that? Um, was yeah, that I think, Dennis, I think you owe him an apology. Yeah? 
I think Jamie you owe Diamond? Jamie an apology for Why? his call on the interest rates and the amount of interest rates hikes that we would have in 2022. He said I mean, 10. He said 10, right? I mean, how many have we had? We well, had he, he's, if you, if you thought they were going to go a quarter each one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. he, he maybe didn't think we were going to go like three quarters and halves and, you know, maybe just thought a quarter on each one. So yeah, he, he's he warned, right. he warned, though. Well, he and, did and, his and job, the market right? is heeding his newest warning. So maybe we'll yeah. take this into this, Mitch. You can give us Jamie Dimon speaking overnight here and heeding another warning for the market. And don't discount that. I think, you know, obviously S&P That's was big. trading up last night. Ah, uh, Jamie Dimon gives some commentary here and the markets, they pull the rug out here. So yeah, what did he, he say? He pretty much said the Europe's already in a recession and they're likely to put the U.S. in some kind of recession six to nine months from now. And so and that's he, that's the nice little wrap up. And then he also included that the S&P 500 could fall another 20 percent. This is coming from a person who is very connected with the overall economy. This mm-hmm. is coming from a person, to your point, that called the interest rates pretty darn good. This is coming from one of the most well-respected CEOs out there. So if he's saying that, that the S&P could fall another 20%, the market is going to take notes. And, you know, it's been nonstop talk on CNBC. They run with the same headline usually all day, and I just keep looking up, and it's always Diamond. So, I mean, <laughs> here we are. Jamie Diamond. No Diamond hands for Jamie Diamond here. He's saying the S&Ps could fall 20%. He could be right. So it all depends on where inflation is going. So okay, if- I, I don't want to interrupt this whole uh, love fest here for Jamie Diamond. Okay, <laughs> okay. I mean, he's. I mean, I. You know, the Jamie Diamond bottom was an article I wrote when he bought. You know, like a zillion shares of uh, of um, of uh, J.P. Morgan. I believe around fifty bucks. And I know yeah, Dennis, I talked yeah, you out of buying it, it but I just want to let me get my uh, my yard stream up here. And just, just, <laughs> I'm just trying to be, you know, I'm just trying to present the information as I see it, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. Full right. transparent Joel yeah. here, you know? Yes, full transparency. This is coming. I'm going to share my screen here. This is coming from July of 2020, okay. right? From your CNBC, right? This was what Jamie Dimon said. Warning for the U.S. economy. No one knows what comes next. Okay. And basically, he was calling for the end of the world. And that was in July of 2020. All right. So take. Well, take has he been wrong? He said, what? <laughs> you know? What is the date that, on that one? Uh, what's the date on that? Uh, we got that. July 18th, 2020. Okay. Oh, yeah. He was wrong here. Joel, yeah. you dug up a good one there because. We know what happened after July 18, 2020. That was mm-hmm. the rip your face off rallies of all rallies, multiple but expansion, what everybody Unemployment critique at roughly 23%. Well, what happened there? We came in with the giant band-aid. Giant band-aid. We came in with the the glue. We were like, yep, we're cu- we're saving this. Well, what else are we supposed to do? Well, this is when I go ahead and point to that if we're going to be, you know, okay with the quantitative easing and saving markets at times of extreme, then we got to be okay when they want to hike rates and destroy the markets when they got to go ahead and turn to the other side of the coin. I feel like investors wanted to battle back on the interest rates kind of getting, you know, continued hike, but they didn't want to battle back when the Fed saved the market. 
I, I'm not going to speculate. I'm still kind of on the fence. I think eventually we're going down here, but I want to see the CPI data. I don't want to speculate and make like a call here two days before I'm getting an important data point, you know? And this is why, you know, and I people so, you know, and I, I, I'm going to go on the rant here for about two minutes, but, you know, people say, oh, you can't trade the headlines. You can't trade the news. I'm telling you, in, in you know, in my 22-year career, there's a reason that I'm consistent. It's because I watch the headlines and I watch the news. I'm going to watch that CPI headline. <laughs> and I'll tell you, at 8.30, if it's hot, I'm going to be selling stocks like there's no tomorrow. If it's not, if it's not hot, if it's light, I may be buying stocks like there's no tomorrow. So I'm waiting until the CPI data before I put on any major positions here. Because you can use technicals and you can say anything how the chart looks here right now. But what's going to move stocks on Thursday is that 8.30 data point. And then on Friday, we got, you know, er, the dreaded earnings season uh, kicking off with uh, with J.P. Morgan. Correct. Yep. Uh, uh, we also have uh, Delta Airlines and uh, who else? Domino's Pizza on Thursday. So we're going to start to get into the earnings season. It's already been not so good with all the warnings, but I don't know. Q2, they gave everyone a pass. We talked about it. We couldn't really understand it. I just don't know if that uh, get out of jail free card is uh, is going to be available this time around. Let's talk about the tech wreck as it continues. The export controls getting tougher and uh, company already getting hit on it. This is KLAC, uh, KLA to stop sales and service to China to comply with the U.S. expert curves. And this is one of those flags that I've been waving since the first time I read that headline. I think it's really going to affect the industry in the long term. And you're going to continue to see more and more mentions like this, where it's the battle between the U.S. and China now. There's one number, and that's all that matters. We can do this one quick, Joel. It's the July low, 282. I mean, we're down wow. 7 bucks here again, 291. It's mm-hmm. probably going to challenge that 282. Does it hold? That's the question. Again, probably going to be CPI data. It's going to let you know if that level is going to hold or not. But I think We're, it holds probably today. I don't think it's going to lose $25, $30, $40. But does it challenge in the next day or two? I think possible. The 282 hold, that's the only level you need to know because stock's going to make new lows. 282 goes. Stock's making new lows. You got to go. Make a new low on the move, which I don't like. But making a new 52-week low, I like a hell of a lot less. They don't like trading this thing in a pre-market, huh? That's twelve hundred shares of traded. So yeah, where's it offered at? Two ninety. Odd lot two ninety three. One share. I love these people trade with one share. Two hundred shares are offered at two ninety three ninety five. So that's you know that's significant. Nobody's lifting that. Best bits down at two ninety one. There's an odd lot bit at two ninety two twenty for nineteen shares. If you buy the ARC, you buy all your bucks. You can see this liquidity, but you know I don't know if anybody cares about nineteen shares or something. You know what also is moving in on? Uh, well, it's not their uh, June though. But uh, did you think, Kathy? Your your prediction was holding up for a long oh. time. Yeah, Kathy. You get him before he gets out of here. Get him, Joel. Get <laughs> no, him. I did. No, I was right up. for a long time on that, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, I called that bottom ten minutes after. But it you know happened. what happened, I could Dennis? Go to my Twitter account. She went back to buying. That's where she. She should have stopped buying. She you know what happened? Is her strategy sucks, and, <laughs> and, and they were relieving her stocks for a bit, but her strategy still sucks. Yeah. So buy the dip on nosebleed valuations. Eventually, that strategy doesn't work that well. Kathy Wood has absolutely been a huge underperformer. It's underperformed the Nasdaq. 
it's you know the luster is now gone completely she's still got a few followers there that believe that all of her stocks are eventually going to come back she'll be right about deflation eventually because we've had so much inflation that prices are bound to go down here eventually but Buyance nosebleed valuations on gross stocks in recessions is a recipe to lose money. I tried to buy ARKK three days ago. I bought it at 39. I went to 41 or 4096. <laughs> I felt pretty good about myself. And then boom, boom, stopped out. So you've been best along with Kathy in the last few years. Eventually get stopped out. Not good times to be Kathy. What about her other favorite, Zoom, getting a downgrade today Shut by Morgan that. Stanley? Value trap central <laughs> Zoom. We have talked and we have been correct absolutely on this thing. I was saying it was crazy at 200, 300, 400, 500. Crazy all the way up. So I was wrong all the way in 2021 all the way up, but I stayed off the bandwagon. 400, 300, 200, 100. I still said it was crazy. Everybody said, oh, it's value. It's cheap. I'm like, no, it's like a one-trick pony. Don't buy stocks that have one trick. GoPro Central, Zoom, GoPro Part 2, Value Trap. Unless they can come out and reinvent themselves and do something else that continues to remain a value trap, no thank you. This stock IPO'd at $65, just to give you guys a little bit of insight. We're almost there. It's working its way back to Isn't that, that crazy? The, the, the COVID stock of COVID stocks, nothing benefited more than this. The business has grown exponentially since then and all the way back down. So, I mean, there's an argument here. I mean, I guess, you know, GoPro is still alive, $5. So, and it's not a zero, I don't think, Zoom. But you can't just take these, you know, expanded earnings when everybody's coming. We use Zoom for a long time. We're using StreamYard. Competition all over the place from Microsoft, from the big guns here, from Cisco, WebEx. Competition is everywhere here for Zoom. I got to leave here in two minutes, but yep. I'll just say value trap. Zoom and meta value traps. Yeah, got to be careful. And it looks like it's going to continue. Meta downgraded today again, too. Yeah, it doesn't point to any upside. No, the in analysts stock. are just coming out with the downgrades lately. I mean, come on. Right? They're just following price, Joel. Come Jeez, on. The you know CDI how that data could turn it all around. <laughs> they could these guys turn it all are around. All, I am staying market towel. neutral until I see the CPI. So market neutral today, playing the chop, selling rips, buying dips, charting rips, buying dips, type of that. But when I get to Thursday... CPI data, I'm going to be directional. And it's going to all depend on that data. So, but anyways, gentlemen, have a fantastic day. I've got to go. I will be back at you tomorrow morning. But we've got some good guests. I'm fine stuff coming up. And obviously, Joel, Alcona, Money, Mitch are going to stay with you for the next 40 minutes. So stick around. I'll catch you. I'll catch you in your car, Triple D. Sounds good, everyone. Okay, bye. All right. Have a good one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, we're it, we got a, a someone asked this question a, a little bit ago, and I, I put in the chat. Sometimes we use language. If there's any kind of language or phrases or something we use in this show, and you don't understand it, we're here to to teach you things. We're not here to preach. We're here to teach. And the spoos, uh, that's short for the S and P 500 index futures. I have them up. I have the 15 minute chart, uh, the daily. 
lower left, the 16-minute, then the monthly. And that's just a front-month contract on the S&P 500 futures. Financial futures trade quarterly. There's March, June, September, and December. So right now we're trading on the December contract. Another thing, if you're kind of new to the show, I kind of think we have like the same 10,000 people watch the show every day. Uh, but um, the quarterly uh, expirations uh, are big. And uh, they really are a lot of turning points in the market. Richard Calloway, I think um, you're the one that uh, asked us. Uh, you're welcome on that. Um, I've watched the NASDAQ futures. They're crazy. I mean, they make they make uh, crude um, look like a, a little ET, you know, some minor ETF. So a handle, okay, is just the point. Like right now, we're taking 3618, 1775. So if we went up right there, 3618, if we went up to 3619, that would be a handle. And so I'll talk about, you know, it's just a point. You could call the point. I like to call it a handle. We just moved the handle. We just went from 18 to 19. And the reason I I, I refer to those um, in the S&Ps and the handles and the ranges is one thing I like to keep an eye on is a nine-day average trading range. I'm sure, Mitch, you you know, you, you keep an eye on average trading ranges. And it just, it kind of gives you expectations, you know, for the market. Um, like right now, like the average daily trading range is up near a hundred handles. That's not good. So if, if you really want to get bullish today, 34, 84 and a quarter, that's your pre-market area. You know, that's the current low. If we trade within the nine day average trading range and we rally a hundred points, 36.94, really don't have that on the radar yet today. A day like yesterday when the bond markets were closed and the fixed income markets were closed, you had a smaller a smaller range than that. Uh, you had a 60-point range. So, uh, Mitch, what do you use to, to calculate the, for your, your trading ranges and your targets? I use the average shoe range. I have the 14 um, on the average shoe range. But, yeah, average shoe range I think is one of the best ways to measure volatility unless you're kind of more of a Bollinger Band style. Oh, um, I hate those Bollinger Bands. Yeah, they, they, I don't use them either, Joel, but some people like them just because it's statistical moving. data. right? They keep they moving. Expand, contract <laughs> with con uh, volatility. I think, you, you know, one of the things to also keep in mind is uh, I just kind of realized this. We're on a five-day losing streak. Is it five? It's five. Five red candles in a row. It, it isn't the here. worst chart, but it is five, at least from what I have on my daily from the spy. I got, I got five. Five red candles in the last. Let me. Yeah. I, you know what? I usually, when I do my wraps, I usually put the, uh, the well, one, two, three. Yeah. Keltner channels. One, two, three. Well, we're four. We're on a four-day losing streak. Because we yeah, Kel yeah. Uh, so Keltner we channels are interesting too. Have you ever heard of those, Joel? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have, I have. Yeah, that, and that's good with the especially the ten moving average. And so the Keltner actually uses the ten moving average inside of its calculation. Um, but definitely for me, four day losing range streak, is Mitch, for the spoos. Four, yeah, for the spoos. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah, and, yeah. And it, 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 right now it's banking. You know, it could be five. So. We all know who um, who moves on, you know, in streaks. Hey, if Bollinger Bands and the Keltner channels and those things work for for you, 
then man, go ahead, go use them. <laughs> Bowling Japan's are like toddlers. They just keep moving. <laughs> I like that comment. Let's get into the next conversation. We'll talk. Uh, let's talk about American Airlines. Who's taking a flight this holiday? Let me know if you guys are thinking about flying this holiday. Put a one in the chat if you're thinking about actually taking a trip this holiday. Um, so let's give you those American airline numbers here. They got Q3 total revenue per available seat mile um, up approximately 25% versus 2019 numbers. They see also total revenue up 13% versus 2019 numbers. And it looks like American Airlines is selling more seats and flying high. Well, there's uh, there's some good news, right? We've been uh, we haven't talked uh, much good news here. You got a, a nice move off this. What's jumping out at the chart, Tia Mitch? Upper right chart. If you were looking for a short term target today or confirmation of another leg higher, what's just like one number? Just upper right Wednesday's chart. Wednesday's high for me. The twelve eighty is the first level to get through. Um, and then I'd be looking for 13s. You had a 13. lot of topping right out there. So yeah, this uh, these three highs in a row is what I would you know uh, for me. We're we're above uh, the high from Friday, uh, but you three highs in a row: 1305, 1296, and 13 even. That just means you know some big boy you know would sell in the rip and there. So it gets above 13 bucks. I mean that'd be a big run today that'd be another we have to rally another 40 cents maybe not today but maybe over the next couple of days so and then once you get above 13 i mean you see some other daily highs in there but nothing real pretty i mean nothing real ugly as far just one high in a row your next double top uh doesn't come into uh 1430 so who knows what and looks like market. the airline's gonna make some money at least from our chat. I see a bunch of ones. I I, I got some flights booked. If I can get into my app, I, I got a few flights booked. I mean, I didn't Dang. book them. Hey, that just shows me. You know what that shows me, Joel? We're not in a recession, man. We're not in a recession. <laughs> These people think we're in a recession. Just look at the chat. See how many how many people are willing to spend the money to take a trip. That shows me a little bit more that we still got a little ways to go to get into that recession. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good news, bad news, uh, uh, scenario, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. people, it's know, one of those things where you have to do some more. I'll tell you right now, I don't, this, this we're going green here. Uh, momentarily we're up 20. Yeah. The dollar keeps dropping. I see that. Um, there, that's, yeah, that's, that's helping it, it out. The, the only block. warning I'll put out there is the treasuries are actually up. It's significantly there. We'll see what happens in the bond markets, but the bonds are up today. I saw the 10 year at 3.96 and that yesterday was at 3.88. So I'm keeping a close eye also on those yields. We'll see what happens today. Let's go let's towards. Look, in, uh, let's just want to take a look at a couple of these other airlines. and Yeah, let's do DAL this. since they have earnings a little bit later. I That's a good outlook there. And uh, I can also give the outlook here for their numbers. Let's take a quick look here. So it looks like um, earnings here. Well, their earnings are a little bit later, right? Yeah, they're coming in on the 13th. This is two days. This is uh, Thursday Ooh. before open. So we got the $1.56 for EPS and $12.91 billion for revenue. They've beat on the last four out of five reports. So um, not, not looking too bad here on 
Delta. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, Delta kicks off earnings season. Uh, boom. We don't have Alcoa anymore to, to beat up. Well, they're, they've changed their earnings date and they split. Uh, this this is in a, in a tricky area because 3022 was Friday's high. You're trading above that. This is actually moving more on a percentage basis, I think, than, uh, than American Airlines, who's the one. This thing's wide open to close to 31. That would be a big day. I'm not fading it. Like to see it hold the, uh, you know, that 15 minute opening range. Uh, but if you really look at maybe not necessarily today, but if you're looking for another target uh, closer to 31, I see three highs between 3075 and 3092. That's a longer term target. Uh, not too long, but at least based on the average daily ranges, United Airlines. That has a nice area to take a look at. Uh, three highs. This is called 35 and a half. What do we got? We got ALK, right? That's Alaska Air. Looks like uh, we 42. Looks like a little bit of resistance. But if you want more than that, you look at 43. And is love getting any love off this? Uh, hmm. Para highs. What, what were the para highs at 32.40? But more importantly, look at those three highs. Boom, thirty-three thirty. There's a nice target for uh, for you. See something there? Yeah, I see something that's really interesting. JetBlue cut through the pandemic low. Really? Yeah, JetBlue is cut through <laughs> the pandemic low. What happened? Is that merger thing still going on? Yeah, or? I mean they already got it. So, I mean. Man, I didn't expect to see that. I, that might, it, it sounds bad, but that actually seems like an opportunity for me. Something I'm going to think about. Okay. Jeff, but I, I don't know if I've ever flown that. Um, it is I like, actually uh, like their flights. I actually like their flights. They're pretty, they're pretty good. And their their airplanes have some the, good room uh, too. The cruise lines? No, no, I don't know about the cruise lines. The cruise lines are a whole nother boat. <laughs> <laughs> Whole another boat. I think that the, the thing about the cruise line is that so like a lot of times if you're going to go visit family, do you truly have an option other than going in a plane? Not many people are willing to drive those long distance drives. But when you're talking about a cruise, I mean, there is an alternative, right? Let's not go on the cruise, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's where it kind of splits there. But let's go towards GM now. GM okay. giving some news today. Uh, GM Energy has uh, announced that it is forming a new business unit called GM Energy to offer stationary battery packs, solar panels, electric vehicle chargers, and other energy management products for both homes and businesses. Uh, GM has already signed uh, multiple partners, uh, include the giant SunPower um, that will install the GM home systems and provide solar panels, regional utility companies, including Pacific Gas and Electric, so P&G, uh, PG&E, and Con Edison. So there's some partnerships that come with this GM energy unit, and you're seeing GM. How's it doing? Did it get any lift on this? No, not really. It it uh, it it bounced off the um, uh, the. Uh, the area not quite under 31 that they, they had a low we were looking at 30 36 it didn't get quite that low but you had a cluster of lows on at and just under 31 it bounced off that yesterday trading in the 32 handle uh 3262 
uh, is yesterday's high. So if they really like, first we got to get grain, 32.29. And then uh, 32.62 would be the high from yesterday. And then you got your gap to 33.40. I mean, th- this is this is good news, right? They're, they're making a transition. How long is it going to take? You know, how much money are they going to have to spend? in order, you know, to get this unit going. And then when's it going to, you know, flow to the bottom line? So uh, a lot of questions to ask there. Not really getting a lift off it, but uh, we'll see if we can get into that gap area. Uh, Ford, we were talking about that 1150 area. If it could hold, it didn't. Uh, the gap down didn't quite get to the uh, the pair of lows, the recent low of the move, 1113, 1119, a little bit of a bounce. But uh Get through this 1155 area, 12 bucks fills the gap. It did have a uh, wow, one, two, three, four, four and a half day winning streak, and then uh, well, it broke it on Friday along with the market. But good news, I mean, how, how long is it going to take to filter to, down to the bottom line? Let's go with one more before we bring on Ivan Feinsef, he'll be coming up next, so definitely stick around for that team. Let's get towards uh, so I did see all of a sudden, right before kind of the open there, uh, right before we started the show, I saw coin uh, really getting a little bit of a spike. I was wondering, what's going on in coin? Why is it spiking so much? Well, I went in and, of course, I found the news that was said on Monday about getting uh, cryptocurrency services in Singapore. Um, but then, of course, wouldn't you know it, a couple of minutes afterwards, there comes this news that hits the wire that... Google picks Coinbase to take cloud payments with crypto. And so there that's really? that's giving that lift. I, the only thing I can say is whoever bought it up there to 73, send me the memo next time because it looks like you had it before it came out. That's what that spike shows me, but hey, when you team up with Google, it's not a bad not a bad partnership to have. What what was the news when we had this move? Remember, um, it was back in August. That's the BlackRock news. Yeah, you're exactly right. The so, one that I made fun of because I was like, "Are you serious? This this is this is giving that kind of lift." Well, uh, you can see Coin whenever it gets these positive catalysts has a tendency of popping. Yeah, that's why I would say, boy, you know. I mean, and some people really got ran up. Wow, we are green on the session, Mitch. We are now yeah, we're pushing. up a handle. I mean, it has just been straight up here, up two handles. I guess people got wind of that Jamie Diamond article from uh, 2020, and they're going the opposite way. Uh, pre-market high, 36.36. It's just, this is like deja vu all over again. Um, you know, we... This is exactly what happened in the last couple of sessions, you know, that, you know, you get that you were down. Oh, it's going to be a big down day. And then they rallied into the close and then are into the open. And then the liquidity comes in and uh, and they slam it. But pre-market high, 36.36 were nine handles from that as we speak. Yeah, one of the things I would say is uh, Jay saying the coin posted it 15 minutes ago. But look at the price action. Was that 15 minutes ago? Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that one. But all right, we'll get out of Coinbase. Be careful on this one now, because yeah. if you know it, you know you do see the pre-market high, and I don't really. What do I see? Anything on the dailies here? 
I just I just should be careful because if this thing really I can see it blowing through 73, uh 76, 20, or excuse me, yeah, 73. Your next daily high comes in at 76.28. So just going on this past history here. Yeah, it ended up giving it all back, but if you were short this day, it wasn't fun. So use your use that 73 as a potential target on the long side. Uh, gets you there. This thing can go anywhere. Slightly below it, I could see it around 69.75, 69.80s. It's a prior support. We'll see if that acts as support. Right now, it looks like the VWAP is holding pretty well, which is around 70.18. Um, we'll see if that holds towards the open coin. All right, getting out of that headline, let's go towards our guest today. Of course, we got Ivan Feinseth, partner and CIO of Tigris Financial Partners. And I will say that my man Ivan gets around. I even saw him out there at Qualcomm Investor Day. So it's good to have you on today, Ivan. Thank you. Always good to be here with you guys and uh, exciting to talk about the auto industry because a lot is happening. I know you were talking earlier this morning about GM's announcement. Yeah. <laughs> and it's incredible that with the next two plus years, the auto industry is going to go through the biggest change that will exceed all of the progress that the industry has made in the last 120 years, that you will not recognize these companies, including GM's announcement of being uh, leveraging their Ultium battery platform for power services. It is all going to be about the connected car and charging ecosystem. And um, we are going to have uh, GM alone will have 30 new EV models on the market by 2025, followed by Ford and um, several other manufacturers. So it is all going to be about EVs. And to me, the competition for EVs is not other EVs, it's gas cars. It's going to drive consumers to showrooms, to check them out, to learn about them. It's all going to be about the connected car for <clears throat> uh, functionality upgrades for um, performance monitoring and uh, connectivity for uh, infotainment systems and safety systems. These companies, the uh, automotive companies will be software companies. They will be technology companies. They will be energy service providing companies. Um, it's just going to be incredible and exciting. And I think we will look back at this point in time and realize how, you know, be shocked at how cheap the stocks were back then. How long does it take for all this to flow down to the bottom line? I mean, well, it's going to take several years. I mean, it's not going to be overnight. And, um, you know, the market certainly is not in its position where it was to reward companies for things that may happen. And um, right now, the world and the market is taking a wait and see approach, but it will happen. And I think maybe the better that it's slow and gradual rather than a boom and bust cycle, you know, run-ups and sell-offs, like we even saw like in Rivian or Tesla or some of the other um, <clears throat> new-to-market EV manufacturers, both here and uh, in China, as an example. But um, the, <clears throat> the industry is going to be led by Ford and General Motors. How do you think this is going to affect Tesla? Um, I, I like Tesla. But, I mean, you got to realize that the Model S is 10 years old. Um, they, they need some redesigns. 
uh, and uh, they do have, you know, the truck everybody's waiting for, which is pretty unique, but there is going to be a lot of consumer choice where <clears throat> Tesla will continue to benefit, I believe, from their first mover advantage and very loyal customer base. But um, they've, they had, it's shocking that they've had all this. I mean, it's, it's sad to me that it's taken this long for the other manufacturers mm -hmm. to, and, you know, get to this position. But again, next year, there's going to be a lot of choices for the consumer. And we still have the fact that the average car on the road is over 11 years, closer to 12 years old. Um, there's still a lot of pent up demand for new cars and to upgrade cars. So um, the, U the U.S. auto industry is well positioned to benefit. Do you have any take on uh, Musk and his whole Twitter fiasco? Um, no, uh, I, I, I think, I mean, look, I like Elon and we all respect him and what he does. And he's a fascinating guy, but I, it's a little disappointing how he handled the tw Twitter situation. I mean, to the Twitter employees and you can't play games like this. I mean, you got to commit and be committed. Uh, there's a lot of stakeholders involved in Twitter, not only shareholders, but, you know, customers and employees. And um, it's been disruptive. And I, I guess it's going forward because he's now committed to buying the company. And there, but there's still speculation that he's going to play it out to see if his lenders back off and he has some other way out. I guess and trying to, in theory, if if he can't get the financing because of his lenders, then in the worst case scenario, he pays the one billion dollar breakup fee, which you know, then is a lot less than the forty four. One billion dollar breakup fee versus the forty-four billion dollar purchase price commitment, but I mean, yeah, I think I've, I've been doing a little research on that. I'm gonna do an article on it later. It's really not capped at a billion because if they could go after him, oh, uh, I, I'm sure, yeah, they could go after him for a breach of contract. But um, I mean, if you look at the valuations uh, in Snap and and Meta since he, he you know, uh, the haircut that those stocks have taken since he announced that deal on April 1st. I mean, if I was doing the financing with that, um, I don't know. I'd back away. But uh, Mitch, what, uh, what stock you want to hit uh, Ivan with? So um, I'd, I'd ask you, how do you think about EV trucks? Because I feel like that is an area where you're really starting to see expansion, right? We saw what happened with Rivian. They're recalling some of those trucks back. And of course, we got the Cybertruck expected to come out. You got a whole bunch of different ones out there. The Endurance truck, I mean, and also the Semi-Truck, a whole different segment side, right? What happens here? I mean, as far as on, let's say, uh, the, you know, pickup and SUVs, I mean, that's the, the sweet spot of the market. Pickup trucks are the number one selling vehicle in the U.S. of all pickups of all types. I mean, the Ford F-150 is the number one thing vehicle in the history of vehicles. And, um, you know, consumers like trucks because of their functionality, the the, the variation in level of a, of uh features and interiors i mean you know you can get some basic trucks in the the, the low to mid 20s on up to ultra luxury trucks that are you know touch 100 grand the top offerings of the light the ford f-150 lightning the gm silverado the chevy i mean sorry the G, gmc sierra i mean touch 100 grand so there's a big market for trucks and there is a 
very broad product offering. Now, do, do these trucks that are coming out, and you just kind of mentioned their kind of uh, value there, are you concerned about price concerns and outpricing the consumer? Because it seems like right now, the average new car at 48000 seems a little bit high for me. Yes, um, you know, certainly, but uh, there's a lot more going on than just a new car. Consumers are saying, I'm, I want a new car, even though my car is okay. I want the new technology. I want the infotainment systems. I want the safety systems. I want the improved economy. And then uh, there will be a significant savings in co total costs with uh, electric vehicles. I mean, uh, if you do like the math to go, 200 miles on the average vehicle it may be you know 40 to 50 dollars in, in gasoline right now it would be 10 dollars worth of electricity so are you, um, there are is you a, in a savings there are you in agreement ivan with what kathy was saying that gasoline vehicles are going to take a huge hit on their pricing in the next coming years you mean kathy woods right yeah yes well it's it's interesting that we will still have gasoline cars on the road, you know, going into the, you know, 2030s and 40s. And I mean, people will still have, there'll, there'll be cars that run on gas and motorcycles and other things that run on gas. But um, uh, I don't think it'll take a massive hit, but um, I think the demand, because the U.S. manufacturer, GM and Ford, are, are still betting that uh, ICE, you know, the gas cars, the internal combustion engine cars are still, they're still going to make them at least until the end of the decade. So they're counting on there still will be a demand. Um, but, uh, I mean, as the EVs roll out, they'll be, you know, they'll they'll charge faster. There'll be more places to charge them. Consumers will start to install uh chargers in their house it's not you know it's not an unsurmountable cost to, to put a high speed charger not a supercharger but a high speed charger in your house could be 500 to a thousand dollars and a lot of the manufacturers are offering a package that includes that with the purchase of the vehicle well, so line with uh, ivan fine seth partner and cio tigris financial partners uh tech wreck Coleman to ditches it all for any of these tech stocks. It just seems oh, like one day. Absolutely. As I've said, we've seen this movie before. Okay. They, they uh, you know, they go to periods of maybe you want to say overvaluation and periods of extreme undervaluation. And, and certainly, I mean, look at uh, like Qualcomm, which is going to be a tremendous integrator of the connectivity of the, you know, cars going forward. It's going to be about full-time cloud connectivity, upgrade communication card. The ADAS systems and eventual full autonomy will have to depend on cars communicating with other cars, communicating with traffic lights and road infrastructure. So um, I was lucky to have recently attended Qualcomm's first automotive analyst day. And um, they, I believe, will be the dominant onboard computer provider. And they have uh, an opportunity for as little as a couple hundred dollars in content per vehicle on up to $3,000 in content per vehicle, depending on the, you know, side, the price and complexity, complexity of the vehicle. But there's um, a lot of opportunity in Qualcomm, in NVIDIA. It, it's just shocking 
how NVIDIA has sold off. I know that they brought down revenue expectations significantly a few months ago, but um, their GPUs drive AI technology that has, you know, not, not only in graphics, but in, in, in genomic mapping and other types uh, and, and data center can, um, processing and AI capabilities. I mean, just in, NVIDIA is an incredible company and um, I think the stock is an incredible buy here. Uh, what about Q3 earnings season here? We're coming into that and uh, just uh, j overall uh, overall market thoughts here is we are just uh, hovering, I guess would be the uh, uh, the best word, uh, hovering over the lows of the move. It may be a make or break earnings season. Um, we haven't got, we've got a tremendous cadence of earnings expectations and target price expectations, downgrades and, and reductions, both on the S&P and on individual stocks, but companies have not overall come out and guided, pre-guided lower or pre-announced. So hopefully we get, for now, the best outcome will just be a cadence of um, better than feared results. Because I, I don't think we'll have significant surprises to the upside. So just better than feared results with a, a lack of significant reduction in guidance will be the best to hope for now until we get over this kind of cross currents of, you know, in, inflationary headwinds, higher interest rate headwinds, and just overall uh, fear in the market and the economy. All right. We so I'll go ahead. I'll go, go ahead and, and I'll wrap start up. wrapping up here. Now, the last little comments that I give is I, I kind of agree definitely with Ivan being at the Qualcomm Auto Investor Day. There's one question that I've been asking for a long time, and that's what will be the thing behind the thing, right? The technology that really gets like autonomous going, because I think that that's one of the major things that's really needed to really get the consumer to want to go into an EV vehicle. And I think Ivan and I both saw how they're using all three sensors, which I thought was a really interesting way. They're using camera, they're using LIDAR, and of course, they're still uh, kind of using the regular radar, right? And so one of the things that we're going to start seeing is, will Qualcomm be the kind of company that really takes advantage here? A lot of people are looking at different companies like Lizar uh, and LIDAR companies, but this company is using all three technologies. Ivan and I saw that for ourselves, and we could see how the connected car is truly coming into play in technology. Ivan, appreciate you always coming on, keeping up with all the tech companies and bringing some auto talk today. So I appreciate you coming on like always. Ivan Feinstein, partner and CIO of Tigers Financial Partners. Thanks for having me on. Always great to see you. Thanks, Thank you, Ivan. Ivan. All right, let's take a quick peek into the market. We still rallying. Yeah. We, where do you think we, what do we always talk about? We talk about the mark, the unchanged on the day. And that, that's where that rally abruptly, eh, not too abruptly, but came to an end there. Your closing price yeah. uh, from yesterday, which is your second lowest close of the year, your lowest close of the year, 36.01 and a quarter. Uh, that was done, it'll be two weeks on Friday. Uh, but that that closed from yesterday, thirty six twenty five and a quarter. We got through it by three handles exactly at twenty eight and a quarter. So uh, if you're looking for a sustained rally today, you got to at least that first fifteen minute bracket. You know, stay green in order to break this four day losing streak.
Yeah, we'll see if we break that four-day losing streak. We got a couple of ratings that we can talk about. There's sure. a bunch out there right now. So definitely, if you guys want to catch some ratings, go to pro.benzinga.com. Get your platform and check out all the ratings today. We'll go through some of them right now. Let's go towards the first one. I got a Morgan Stanley upgrading Amgen to overweight and raising price target to 279 Hmm. They're up. I mean, they're running with it, right? Uh, up uh, 634, pre-market high 239. Nothing there for you, folks. Absolutely nothing for you. Uh, if they take or they press it through this uh, this 239 area, I don't think 241.70 is off the table. That was your September 12th high. And then you got a gap to fill here. I think this might have been a bad market day at 245.03. Uh, I think a little bit too would be uh, predicated on you know how the market does today, right? If uh, if you know we open up, we can manage to stay green. You know, hey, here's a stock that's already green. The bots could pick it up. Uh, nice run. On the other hand, this thing you know stalls miserably at 239, 240. Comes back through your opening print. The top of yesterday's range uh, for support comes in at 234.14. All right, now let's get to the next uh, rating here. This one's going to come for, uh, it looks like Piper Sandler has some beauty experts because they came out with a couple of ratings today. Uh, the first one, Piper Sandler upgrading Lululemon Athletica to overweight and raising the price target to 350 they don't see a bad holiday season coming up, I guess, for Lululemon. Um, what do you think, Joel? Let's take a look at uh, Lulu here. Uh, boom, boom. No man's land, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You're up 690. Uh, boom. What's the top of yesterday's range? Let's get let's get through 9764. Uh, that was the uh, the uh, the high from yesterday. Um, after that, where was your close to end the week? 98.22. I mean, those are reasonable targets where we're trading now. Uh, Friday's high is way up there at 306.44. There's some numbers for that. I mean, you know, it uh, this uh, the stock is you know, it's gotten hit along with the rest of the markets, made a couple attempts to rally. This was its uh, I don't know, that wasn't an earnings rally because yeah, maybe it was because I think they report. A little bit later, but uh, first things first for Lulu. Uh, let's get through yesterday's high at ninety-seven sixty-four, and then uh, Elf Beauty too, right? They yep, Elf Beauty that. to overweight and raising price target to forty-six. Look at that thing! I mean, that that thing's holding strong. Yeah, uh, thirty-nine bucks uh, has been uh, trouble the last couple days, up on less than six thousand shares. Uh, we'll, we'll target 39, 30, 33, 34 for a potential target. Uh, if this rally continues, uh, pair of highs right there, 39, 28 and 39, 40. Uh, but of all the stocks that uh, uh, you guys been, we've been talking about on the show, man, there's not too many that are near their all time high of 41, 31. So this one, uh, Alf beauty has been a champ. And then, um, What's if the you, other one that uh, Ulta? I know yeah, they didn't exactly. do a reading. If you like, that if you like that elf, then maybe uh, Ulta's on a good setup for you. Yeah. Uh, 
man, couple roadblocks here for Alta pair highs, just over 400. If foot's call 402, we'll make that. Ooh, that's still 12 bucks away. Uh, but hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe get a little sympathy trade off uh, off the upgrades at Piper Sandler. We'll see if it's able to hold here and recover 400 on Ulta today. Let's see what happens. We get to one more uh, headline here. We got another rating coming from Wells Fargo. And this one I thought it was interesting too. They upgraded Marvel Tech. So uh, Marvel getting a, a upgrade today. I thought that was definitely Ooh. a bold move there. Announcing a $58 price target and moving it to overweight. Well, I mean, this... I would not be faded in this one, at least right now. The market's not really running with it. It's up uh, 23 cents at 40.53. Uh, Goldman, you know, not the greatest, you know, day. Right now, the market's not really helping out with this upgrade. But first things first, if they really like this, 42, that's still a buck and a half away. 42.15 was uh, your high from Monday's session. So, they're not running with it, at least not yet. I think there's just too much other bad news in the tech sector. Uh, might even be able to get this at the close if you're a big believer in this Goldman Sachs upgrade. Maybe take a stab at 40.30, but you're definitely leaning on that low of the move made yesterday at 39.20. So Goldman trying to buy low. And we'll do one from Barclays as they also initiated coverage on Roblox with underweight rating and announcing a $20 price tag on Roblox. And it's going to hit down a buck 84. Uh, still comfortably above that May low. Uh, pretty good volume on this, too. What was the bottom of yesterday's range? Uh, 34, 33.91. Uh, that's, uh, you know, minor resistance. If you're looking for a gap fill, don't know if they're going to get this to be unchanged on the day. You're kind of in a danger zone here. 33.57. Uh, that was your September 23rd low. And I mean, it's two star resistance. It's, it's two star support. It, it's trying to hold here, but looks like you got some more work to do on the downside and the monthly lows aren't pretty here. Your June low was 23.88. So maybe drill down on your dailies uh, to find another potential support level. Uh, easy come, easy go. Uh, we got a few points under unchanged and rolled over. We are now down 10 and a half handles at 36. Uh, that's 10 handles at 36.15 and a quarter. You want to do a, breaking a, a, news, a few breaking you got news. breaking news? Breaking news. Just hit the tape at 8.55. Uh, Uber and Lyft shares are trading down on reports that the U.S. Department of Labor releasing a proposal to make companies reclassify independent contractors as employees. Haven't we heard this tune before? Yes, we have. But uh, this is, um, you know, this is the Department of Labor kind of really listening on to the request from those contractors that want to be classified as employees. Um, So we'll see what happens there. Definitely it's been a battle there. And I, I would say right now, Uber, Lyft, if you're investing in these, I don't know how you're doing it. I just, you tell me a dream that, that someone else is seeing because I don't know. 
I, I wouldn't touch these. Even if you bought the stock for me, I'd probably sell it that same day. Um, I don't 26. like 26. I mean, you know, if uh, that's been the bomb of the gap area, uh, we definitely, we pressed through it here. Uh, three lows at 26 uh, from a few weeks ago. So you got to, you got to establish a bid, a strong bid at 26. The dailies aren't giving you anything as far as support goes. If you want to wait for 24.62, I think that was like, uh, I don't know if that was earnings or they gave some rosy guidance. Uh, 24.62 would fill the gap. And then uh, for Lyft, L-Y-F-T, oh boy, down 71 cents. This is a, oh, is this a new low? July low? I remember coming down to this area before. Oh, eleven ninety six. That's uh, that's your July low, and that is also the old time low. You're a good three bucks below the COVID low, uh, in uh, lift, and uh, the bears are coming in here again. SPs continuing to leak, but uh, we'll be back full crew tomorrow. Uh, Triple D has uh, had some things to do this morning, so. Mitch, great job carrying us through here to 9 o'clock and uh, see what happens. See if we can uh, avoid a, a four-day losing streak. Uh, that's it for me, folks. Uh, take it away, Mitch. All right, Joel, have a great one. Last thing I'll leave you guys off with is to give you guys insight on 1045 on Thursday. We're going to be releasing a great video that I and Chris Ketchy made in the New York Stock Exchange. So if you haven't taken a tour in the New York Stock Exchange and you just want to see how the floor is, how the reaction is, remember, we did this on a Fed announcement day. So you're truly going to get that emotion that you get on the floor. Check out our New York Stock Exchange tour. This is a little trailer uh, showing you guys about the New York Stock Exchange tour. And of course, we'll be releasing some more trailers so you guys get a couple sneak peeks before. But don't miss it. That's going to be Thursday at 10.45 a.m. Eastern. Really fun video that Chris Ketchy and I did. What are these new toys you have here? These are... You got some sup ducks or what, what, are, we, what are we building on? Ducks? What's a sup duck? <laughs> ah, you duck? see, you'll, you'll learn yeah, about that. Is that a Funko toy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> these are my little, uh, my little characters. Yeah. I love it. Fantastic. With these at Comic-Con. Uh, yeah. October 6th, we're launching. My kids guy. would love those. This is the, trade, the yeah. uh, Einstein trading doll. Oh, right. I love it. Hey. It's an actual size. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I will right, we'll come back later. I know you're busy. We got the Fed, but uh, these guys wanted to say hi. I know, I know. All right. Full video out on Thursday, 10.45 a.m. Eastern. Don't miss it, team. I hope that you guys will be there and support me and Chris Ketchy as we give you guys the inside look into the New York Stock Exchange. Up next, you guys got live trading with Lord Ryan Zunaid and I ready to get back into the hot seat. Green day yesterday. Let's keep it going and get right to the trading action. We'll see you there. And definitely, this video is one of our best high production value. We used some great cameras. We added some effects, some B-roll. You guys don't want to miss it. There's not many of my videos where I can watch it from the beginning to the end. 
just to watch myself. And even I enjoyed watching myself have some fun in the New York Stock Exchange. So see you there, 1045 on Thursday. How do you see the video? Well, you just got to be right here on Benzinga. It's going to come on after the live trading stream at 1045. You'll get redirected if you're there at the live trading stream. But what I will do is, of course, on Thursday morning, I'll be posting it here on pre-market prep. So if you want to just join in, after, of course, you do a little trading action of your own, we'll see you there on Thursday. And Nick, uh, uh, I'm going to be with you this time. Go Yankees a little bit. I need to see them beat up on the Guardians. We'll see what happens. Hit the like on the way out. We'll keep going. Benzinga right here for you guys and all your trading action. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.